Today, we explore an exciting theme. Breaking barriers, igniting potential. Uncover the secrets to overcoming resistance in one place. The Power of Your Voice with Mike Murphy. Hey, welcome everybody to the Power of Your Voice podcast. And I'm your host, Mike Murphy. And super excited that you're here. Very grateful that you're here. Uh, Thank you very much for all the thumbs up, all the shares, all the subscribes. Um, We're very grateful to each and every one of you, especially sharing. If you hear something that can help another, that's what we're here for, to help people to grow and evolve and get through pain and suffering and to live the best life they can and become the best version of themselves. So if you hear something that touches your heart, share it with someone that you know that might benefit from it. We'd really appreciate it. I'm super excited about today's guest. Let me read his bio if if I may. He's a meditator, a writer, a speaker, and an author. He had an extensive professional background working with Fortune 500 companies and startups. And yet, successful in his career, he felt empty and burnt out. Looking for happiness and fulfillment, he started exploring meditation. Graduated from the Eckhart Tolle School of Awakening, got certified meditation teacher of the World Yoga Alliance, and now he teaches living a life of joy and self-realization using design methodology based on empathy, listening, mindfulness, and human values. Please join me in welcoming Chris Sirock to the show. Chris, how are you today? I'm fantastic, Mike. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for being here. Very grateful. Um, as I said earlier, when we just had a couple seconds together, uh, I read your book this morning, uh, super powerful. Um, and we're going to go into that in a second for the audience, because I really recommend this book to everybody. But a couple questions popped up first for me. Eckhart told, first of all, let's give us a little insight to your successful in business, in the business world, in the matrix, blah, blah, blah. And then you realize something's off and you make a change. What was going on then? Yeah, and it wasn't just successful in, in the business world, kind of doing the things that we're supposed to do to make us happy. Um, also, as a consultant, I had a lot of free time to pursue passions of music and sports and travel. And even when I was doing those things, I realized I wasn't as fulfilled as I thought I should be. And so ultimately, I, you know, through just some soul searching, I realized um, I was still living for outcomes, even in the the passions. Um, I was still looking for, you know, when that piece of art is finished, when the when the when I write that song, when I win the tournament, and always just living for the future, and you could be doing the most amazing things in the world. I realized, but uh, they can't fulfill you yeah. if if you're not with the activity, with the, the being present with what you're doing, and and so that led down you know the, the path of of self realization and presence and uh, working with Eckhart Tolle and many many others. I'm curious, how old were you when this was going on? Well, I, I call it, you know, society calls it midlife crisis, I think. <laughs> and uh, and the difference, I think, with me was that I didn't numb out and I didn't just go back to work the next day. I, I took the time to just sit with my feelings and, and wonder what was going on and, and just dig deeper. And, and that's really ultimately it. This will happen to everyone. The living for the external uh, can only take you so far. It, it drains you on the inside. And, yeah. and so when you feel depleted, it, it's a sign. So listen to it. And, you know, when that time comes, um, make adjustments. You know, when you were talking to something that was going through my head, something I like to talk a lot about is that we get stuck living in our head. And until we move from the head to the heart and we live from the heart, life is not fulfilling. Do you agree? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And we're conditioned, you know, we live in a world to that is constantly looking to elicit a reaction from us and right. reactivity. You know, it's all in the head. It's judgment. It's right and wrong. It's true or false. It's what's for me, what's against me. And this constant uh, noise, um, it pulls us into our headspace. And then and then we start to question ourselves and doubt ourselves and outside voices telling us what to do constantly. And there's just no uh, navigating life from that place. And, and in today's world, it's unrelenting. You know, I mean, it's getting more faster and faster and faster every day, more and more data, 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 input, input. We can't, we're going to explode. That's what I feel like. We're a balloon being blown up and it's just, we're going to explode from all this data. Yeah. You know, our capacity is so much greater when we're actually in our bodies, when we show up to whatever situation, eating something. Um, But we have to be able to surrender, let go work with the reality in front of us work with our feelings yeah that's what i described in the book is right. is to come out of that headspace and, and just work with our sensations because that's what connects us to right now and and everything you just said there i'm assuming you got a lot of benefit from meditation to learn that lesson oh yeah yeah i mean tremendously and it's really really basic i've mean, tried out so many different techniques and methods and and the simplest ones are just working with your breath working with your physical sensations and they keep you grounded they yep. keep you present yep. yeah so Eckhart Tolle, did you meet him when you did this work with him or is it a program or what was it? Yeah, I mean, I, I facilitate his retreat. So it's, it's much more than just going through his school. Oh, so you know him then intimately. Yeah. yeah. 
So I read The Power of Now at least a dozen times before I could finally get it, right? And then I also found that if I couldn't sleep, I would put the audio version on and I'd be asleep in a couple seconds because of his monotone voice. But, but I've been to some of his work and I, and I love it. I think the book is one of the most powerful books ever written, frankly. Um, so that had a profound effect on you. Can you just give us a brief takeaway on all that? Well, I, it's the same thing that you just described. I, the first time somebody gave me the power of now, I, I just I read a page and a half and I put it back down. I didn't understand what was being said. And then 10 years later, I, I understood and you know what happened. Well, life happened in the meantime, but ultimately there was still a thought in me that if the language had just been simpler, uh, I might have gotten it sooner. Yeah. And so that's when I set out to, to write my book and, and, and the beautiful thing about your book it is so I, i'm an author as well and i i don't have an education so my books are super simple but i that's what i really enjoyed about your book you know it's like reading the power of now but where an eighth grade education like me can understand it that was, so you did a great job with that congratulations oh thank you thank you that was the point yeah let's jump into it for you listening audience out there the name of the book is be you it's available on amazon kindle audio hardcover softcover all that the journey of self-realization, and in the very beginning of the book, page three, is the journey, and you say that uh, we are not a random blob of cells. We're made up of 50 trillion cells, but working together to create this human vessel. And then deeper into the book, you say, you are not your thoughts. So if we're not our body, we're not this blob of cells, we're not our thoughts, who are we? Mm. Well, we're the awareness of those things. <laughs> and so that's just a, a deeper, words can't really describe, but if we can observe our thoughts, then clearly we're not our thoughts. Yep. If we can observe our feelings, then we're not our feelings. So we're, we're something deeper than that. Well, and that's the beautiful thing. But what you, what you just said is simple, the way Eckhart talks about it in his book, he says, you know, he totally depressed, almost suicidal, and he wakes up and he has a thought, I don't know if I can live with myself any longer. Are there two of me? And so the realization for, for everybody out there, and this is, this is, once you get this, then you're free and you're comfortable in your skin and life takes on a whole nother vision. And that is that we are eternal, timeless consciousness. We are source, connected to source all the time. We're connected to each other all the time through energy. And, and that we are timeless and we can, we're not the body, we're not the thoughts, we can't lie, live or die, excuse me. All right, enough from me. All right, you go on to say, who you are is already perfect. It's how you see yourself that gets in the way of your perfection. Can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, well, it's just these thoughts, right? Self-critical thoughts, labeling, defining, judging things. Uh, you just mentioned that we're all source, right? It's it's judging things and labeling things that creates separateness, this, yes. this artificial sense of separateness by calling even a tree a tree. You're saying the tree's over there and I'm over here. And then the next thing comes along, you're defining that and it's over there and you're over here. So little hits of separateness all day long, keep us separate. Yeah. And when we stop judging, we stop coming out of that head, then uh, we get closer and closer and then ultimately we realize we're, we're off in the same place. Yeah, and so someone out there might say, well, you, you gotta judge. And I say, no, you need to observe and be aware and, and eliminate the judgment and then you're free. Yeah, the judgment is kind of mental generated noise. When when you observe, like you say, the the wisdom of the situation, your body tells you something resonates, something doesn't. Um, the the situation itself has a is a is a mirror of you, and, and and your energy is part of it. So it will tell you what how you should be responding. Uh, do you be are you supposed to be compassionate? Should you back off? Should you even inaction is is action, right? So with a lot of this meditation, people think, well, you're just sitting around waiting for life to happen. No, you're you're collaborating with life. You're facilitating the unfolding of life, right? Yes. So it's a lot more exciting. It's a lot fresher and newer, and 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 uh, it's really a miracle. Well, and also you realize that you're we can't we're creators. See, the the problem that I see in the world today is everybody's identifying as a victim, which is media, government wants to force everybody into this victim mode. And when you're a victim, you've given away your power you can't do anything but when you're a powerful creator and you realize that you're connected to source now you're co-creating this life now you have help and you have wisdom and you have knowledge of the creator of all and you can tap into that through meditation so you talk about um you think you control your life you can't even control your mind so take take, take us through how can we quiet that mind that monkey mind what what are some of the techniques that we can use and what are the and and, and then the benefits because that's where the power is exactly well the easiest test is just pour yourself a glass of water and keep your focus on the water. And then it takes what, eight or nine seconds to, to fill a glass. And you'll notice very quickly, you can't even keep your attention on something as simple as the water for a few seconds without thoughts coming in and pulling you away and, and your mind drifting and, and getting lost in thought. So that's the first indication there of, of how much power we give away to these 
these thoughts, right? Yes. It's pulling us away constantly from the only thing that's real, which is right now. Um, and so it's a muscle, the awareness muscle is like, you know, going to the gym, you start out with small weights and you increase that ability to, to focus on, on anything, your breath, the water, uh, meditation, something you can sprinkle throughout all of your day. It's uh, when you're at the elevator, when you're in a line at the, the coffee place. So you can practice and extend it from two to three seconds, four, five, six, and so forth of just learning to be present. Yeah. And that's really the quality of, of it all. Because I talk to a lot of people and they get frustrated. Well, I can't meditate. I tried. I, I can't not have a thought. You're going to have thoughts. You can't stop having thoughts. It's just don't follow them. Don't chase them. Observe them and let them flow by. When I, when I, I try to catch myself, because we all do it, okay? A thought appears. How many, how many additional thoughts to that thought did I go down the road before I became aware and conscious? And then I bring them right back to no thought back again until the next one arises. Do you, do you agree with that? Oh yeah, that's absolutely right. Some people say we're lost in thought upwards of 80% of the day. Or more. So but yeah, so just imagine getting all that time back to actually live and do things and be an expression of source, right? So it's a, it's a, it makes a huge difference in your life. What, what is a thought? Uh, well, thoughts arise as a, essentially out of our, our resistance, most many thoughts, you know, so we're resistant to our own growth. Um, you know, you mentioned the, the pain and suffering that we experience in life and how to come out of it. Well, the pain and suffering is there because we're resistant to growth and that's just normal and that's natural and that's okay. But realize that that is our expansion is being asked of us and realize that that's the design of life is to challenge us to come out of our comfort zones because when we're small, life wants us to grow and be bigger and wholer and perfect like the quote from earlier yeah we're growing so ultimately that's that's all it's, it's about have is notice when you feel triggered notice when you're being pushed out of your comfort zone it's there it's happening for a reason uh there's some self-limiting belief there's some you know childhood wound or inherited you know baggage whatever it may be and it's an opportunity to look within and work with that and release it through observation through a presence with it allowing it to be and coming out of that resistance, then you uh, you get into this, like you beautifully described, in this free state right. where the weight comes off and you're just flowing. Yeah. So I have a thought of Chris Sorok. And 10 minutes later, he calls me on my cell phone. How'd that happen? <laughs> well, um, I mean, there's there's definitely magic that happens, but I think that's just more, you know, energy and frequency. Yes. And it's just how the world works. Yes. And, and we're just not used to it. That's why we think it's magic. Right. Uh, but uh, ultimately, more and more of that will happen when you're just tuned into your environment. I mean, imagine everything is possible. Right. Everything is possible. Everything exists. And then each one of us comes along with a, a, this handful of beliefs that you know create a sliver of uh, a sense of reality. And and we block out everything else. Yeah. So as we come out of our resistance, out of our self-limiting beliefs, then suddenly the world opens up. Suddenly we're connected. The, you know, the separateness uh, dissolves, and and then we're really tuned into kind of the energy of, of everything. And uh, yeah, and then you'll get serendipity and calls and uh, link synchronicity. And now you yeah. become now you become a better, more powerful creator because you're connected and you're conscious and you're aware and you're awake. And because we all are connected. Um, yeah. You, you bring up the word resistance a lot. Can you elaborate a little bit what you're, give an example and then elaborate and, and, and how to undo it and, and embrace it and dissolve it? Yeah, it's again that the mind loves to know things. It's a tool designed to know things. So it looks at your life, your entire life, and creates a plan and wants to control everything so that you get your desired outcome. And the, the plan that your mind can create is just projection. It can never anticipate everything that is possible. Right. All the different permutations and different energies at work are far greater than the mind can ever imagine. Yeah. So as a result, when life then actually happens, and it happens differently, we compare it to this mental projection, then we're in resistance. No, we want it to happen this way and that way, and we're kind of steering and controlling life. And yeah. life is not meant to be steered and controlled. It's uh, meant to be allowed to unfold. So we have to let go and, and come out of our head and just really learn to flow with it. Have you read the book, The Surrender Experiment? Yes. Yes. I mean, um, to me, I mean, that says it all, right? And every time I think about what you just said, I just imagine myself jumping into a lazy river of life and letting it take me where it's supposed to take me. Of course, I'm going to have desires from my heart and I'm going to create intentions, but, but, and they're going to be specific, but they're also going to be very flexible, you know, because who knows what's going to show up, who knows what's really best. And so that's why meditation to me is so important to get out of this belief system, get out of this body, go into this field of infinite possibilities and figure it out there and then bring it back to here. What do you say about that? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's exactly how it works. It's, it's you know, people ask me, well, Chris, if you're just kind of letting things unfold, are you just floating aimlessly through right. life? And no, that's not it at all. You, you start to, as you respond to what resonates and let that be your GPS, then a direction starts to emerge. And then from that direction, you see your path unfold and suddenly there's a bigger picture and you go, ah, that's where I'm headed. Yeah. And so you're letting life show you where you're supposed to go. Yeah, we're, we're in Medellin, Colombia right now, and we're creating the most amazing two-week transformational health retreat in the history of mankind. But it evolves every day because we're co-creating it with the creator of all. We're co-creating it with a great team. And so we have this powerful intention, but it keeps evolving and becoming bigger and better because we're open to that. There's no ego attached to it. We want to create the best product for to serve others, right? So so that's all. That's our mandate, the best product to serve others so that they can have transformation that lasts and healing that lasts. That's our mandate. And But the beauty of it is letting go. You know, that's that's the vision, but th that could change too. We're not locked into anything. We don't know what's going to show up. And that's the yeah. beauty of manifestation. We're going to get, you talk about manifestation in your book. We'll get to that in a minute. But I got, I, on page, <laughs> let me see what page this is. On page 20, um, you brought in your inner Eckhart because you wrote, reality isn't real until it is. Elaborate. <laughs> right. Well, we cannot imagine the detail of what a situation really is like until we get there. And the mind likes to, you know, look for the next unknown moment and fill it with just something, right? Some pure projection, just so it feels uh, at peace of knowing. But that's because we're living through the mental lens. Uh, we really have to come out of that and um, allow each situation to arise. Personally, I had this experience, um, you know, before I really started to awaken to all this wisdom, where I was uh, consulting and I had a lot of projects on my plate, and I just. Uh, uh, start, you know, took on too much probably. And the anticipation of the next meeting and the next meeting, I was driving down La Cienega in Los Angeles and um, and I was starting to near panic attack, um, you know, and um, there was something in me that suddenly just let go and surrendered and I'm gonna show up when, and I'm gonna handle it when I show up and just deal with, with what's there. And suddenly all this weight came off and suddenly I felt like I could take on twice as many projects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the steering controlling mind again, it puts so much pressure on us and so much uh, uh, weight yeah. that uh, that we're carrying around with us. You know, I have a similar story I want to share with the audience. That just last week, I mean, I had all this stuff going on, all this stress. I had to be on camera, blah, 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 blah. I didn't sleep well. I didn't feel well. And I said, hey, guys, give me 10 minutes. I walked downstairs. I went into nature right by the creek, listened to the water flow, saw the greenness, felt the sun, felt the fresh air, and boom, just total reset. In, in, at where, where I could have just made myself go through it under stress, harm my body, harm my mind. I just reset. And that's the beauty of it. But we got to understand we're in control. We have the option to do that anytime we want. That's right. Yeah. And it's really just connecting with, you know, our senses. And, yeah, and yes. That, you know, that's because, all it is. because and, and you write a lot about in your book about feelings, right? And I think it was Descartes. He said, I think, therefore I am. I say, no, 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 no. I feel, therefore I am. You know, the mind is a dangerous place if, if left by its own devices, right? But the heart is pure. You know, my mind can lie to you, manipulate you, steal from you, but my heart can't. You know, the heart is here to serve you and to be connected to you. And I that's think right. there's power in that, right? Yeah. All right, you write, you cannot manifest your greatest life from your mind. It's too small and anxious a place. If not the mind, then where? Mm. Well, it's ultimately life is a mirror of who we are, right? And it will show us our limitations, our self-limiting beliefs, our wounds, our, you know, all the areas where we need to uh, put some love ultimately and, and some, some self-care into and uh, relieve some of that. And a lot of that is not even our own stuff. It, it could be inherited. It could be generational. It could be um, just, you know, family patterns make up a huge part. Uh, somebody experienced trauma multiple generations ago it gets passed along so yes. we have some work to do yes. <laughs> each and every one of us and once we get through our own stuff then there's you know become healers for the world ultimately we, we, we take that healing energy out there you know i think about this subject a lot because we all you know we all got to undo our our childhood programming you know we we're just we've just absorbed it whatever our parents thought and did and that's what we became right and our teachers and the media and the blah 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 and then the past life, you know, I just did some genetic testing and what blew my mind is that, okay, these markers are mutated and therefore you're going to have this, but there was personality, therefore you're going to have more anger. So personality traits pass through genetics and then is there past lives and then you have to deal with all that. So, so why are we here? Hmm. Well, ultimately we're here to, to relieve the, the unconsciousness in us, which is, you know, the bigger chunk, the conditioning, the, the stuff we inherit. 
and then transmute that into more awareness, more consciousness. And um, ultimately, when we work through our own issues, and a lot of people think uh, it's self-absorbed to be constantly working on yourself and, and, and self-development and meditation, and it's like, you're so self-absorbed, Chris. But what that is, is ultimately, once we get through our own stuff, it opens us up to become role models and healers and teachers for others to, to overcome those things. Our challenges, the things that we have to work through, that's what we become experts at. And ultimately, which is funny how life works, is that becomes our calling. Yes. So the things we're in most resistance to becomes our, our true uh, purpose on li in life. And, and then we uh, th that becomes the content of how we can give back. Yeah. And you're so self-absorbed that you took the time and energy to write this amazing book. I know darn well you didn't do it for money. Okay. I'm an author, so I know that for a fact. Yes. You, you did it to touch people. You did it to take what you've learned, share it so others can take a shortcut to get to the best version of themselves. So so I, I get why people point fingers at personal development, but really that's what we're here for is to grow. The question now becomes for those that don't wake up, okay, and stay programmed the child for the rest of their life and have these belief systems that come from the mind and not the heart, come from media and not the heart. What happens to them when they take that last breath? Mm, well, one of the first things that you um, experience as you become more present, spend less time lost in thought, less time in past and future, less time in anxiety, less time in guilt, is the, the, the experience of time starts to fade into the background. Yeah. And you start to see yourself as more a continuous being because you're no longer so identified with your thoughts and so identified with feelings, all this, this dense matter, right? And with, with stuff. <laughs> right. So um, you, you start to experience yourself as continuous. You no longer really believe in beginnings and endings and this kind of stuff. So it's all, you know, an ev evolution. If it's not this lifetime, it's it's the next. And, right. and sometimes we need breaks. Maybe right. you were a warrior last time around. Right, exactly. This time you just need to quiet. <laughs> so whatever it is, it's all good. There's no need to blame anyone, right? There's no need to want anyone to be different than who they are. In fact, that's the source of most of our friction with people is wanting them to be somebody they're not. Right, right. And, and, and even ourselves, you know, how many people ended up doctors or lawyers because they were programmed from their childhood to be there? And, and they're miserable because they didn't follow their heart, right? And so I really, the edge of, we, well, you're in America right now. And so, and you're in California. Um, how do you see the world right now? Uh, well, I mean, I have to, you know, I practice what I preach, so I, you know, but you can't, I But you life. can't really turn a blind eye, right? You have to see what's going on in your environment, right? Yeah, no, definitely. It's 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 not about you know, locking yourself away, and, and mindfulness is not about pushing away thoughts and feelings at all. It's it's being really acutely aware of them and listening to what they're telling you. And so, um, it, it will tell you to be an activist and get involved. It will tell you to sit back and maybe write a book. It right. will you know tell you to just influence, maybe be a presence in your circle of friends or your family. Whatever the message is. Um, and there's life is always happening. It's always going on, right? Now it's more acute, and but it's it's always the case. That's what this place is for: is right. to really work through all of our energies and our unconsciousness. And and uh, so yeah, it's all bubbling up right now. It, right. It, uh, so it needs a. And then and, and then we get back to no judgment. Maybe it's a good thing. So why judge it, right? So I'm 66 years old. For me to see the the it's dramatic for me, right? Because you know I, I grew up with Leave It to Beaver and Andy and Opie. Okay, so so to see the world today is is pretty a dramatic change, right? But I'm like and I used to get angry and wanting you know push back and blah 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 resist, right? And now I realize, listen, all I can do is try to rate. I have my individual consciousness that I can control. Then there's the collective conscious. Eckhart would call it the pain body and the collective pain bunny and all i can do is try to raise consciousness to light and love that's all i can do the, the powers to be they got all the power all the money all the blah 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 what we need to do is unite i don't like this divisiveness because we fight over everything today but as humanity can unite and we work together to create um, unity and community with integrity and raises consciousness then all that stuff will just will, will become out of our existence it won't exist for us and my, my heart goes out to those that are suffering those that are uninformed and are kind of victims of this un, uninformed victims that never really had an education to understand this that that's where my heart goes to so but that's my own inner conflict um, so let's you write about manifestation in your book I teach manifestation and so I'm your student. I want to manifest something. What, what would you tell me to do? Well, first of all, is to really recognize that we're always manifesting. Right. We're, Thank you. Thank we're, you. We're, <laughs> we're constantly in manifestation mode. But we're like I said before, the world is a mirror. So it's reflecting who we are, what we're outputting, our level of awareness, um, every decision, every situation we're filtering through our internal makeup of, of awareness. So uh, the more aware we are, the, the more we see things for what they are without adding 
extra stories to it without distorting it through our own you know stuff and then um, from there we can actually collaborate with the world and and be a facilitator see our true purpose and, and really take action on that right yeah. it's it's the world is um i think my post this morning my social media post was about how the universe always provides by inspiring us to take action yeah Exactly. And that, you see, there's a great book called Think and Grow Rich. I love the content, but I think the title is misleading because we just can't think and grow rich. We've got to get off the couch and go do something, right? We can sit yeah. there and manifest the plan, but we got to take action. Well said. Mm -hmm. And you, yeah. you, you know, so I'm always telling everybody in my world that, you know, I want you to imagine one thing in your physical reality today that didn't start as a thought or a desire or both. Okay. So we're all, everything in our physical reality, we manifested. What, but we, we do it with, without intention. Once we realize that we're great manifestors and we, now we can create these intentions, then life just takes on a whole nother powerful meaning. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a difference between just like a head thought or, you know, somebody else put that in there or something we read or heard somewhere. And then our true kind of like uh, wisdom that arises within or a call to action. And there's certain indicators and I write about it in the book. And you know, when, when we feel called to something, it's usually uncomfortable. It's because it implies it's in the word that we're being called to something, meaning we're not quite there yet, yes. meaning we still have some work to do to step up to that, to right. step into the power of the calling. Whereas uh, just a head idea, well, one moment it'll be one thing, you get into the shower, you think you got it, and then you get back out, you can't even remember what you were thinking about. So <laughs> those are kind of just mental mental fragments. Um, so there's ways to, to tell. But what I heard you just say that we need to take a leap of faith, we need to overcome our fear and step into what's calling us. Is that what you said? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I never wrote a book before. Right. I had to, you know, research and take classes and, and really immerse myself in that. I was fairly introverted. I didn't think about, you know, public speaking at all. And, and I felt called to that. And I was like, gosh, do I now have to get comfortable with that? <laughs> so you, we, we have to work. That's the work we're being asked to do. And, and then you just do it. And, and look how much that's forced you to evolve and to grow, right? Yes, of course. That's exactly it. Life is. <laughs> it's in the becoming. Be it's not in the outcome. It's not in the getting. It's in the becoming. It's in the journey. Exactly. Beautiful, man. Self-realization. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. I feel like uh, Abraham Maslow right now. <laughs> Here we go. I love that you write about feelings. You know, I don't know how old I was, but I was definitely uh, probably in my late 20s or early 30s. I didn't know what a feeling was. I grew up with, with, there was no feeling in my parents. My parents you know, my mother gave, thank God for my mother, but my father ha couldn't feel. He grew up with two alcoholic parents. His heart was closed, never opened till the last hour of his life. And so, man, and we're taught not to feel. You know, you're a man, you're tough. Gee, that we, this, is, this is our North Star. This is our barometer, our feelings. So you write, feelings get stuck when you cling to the ones you like and resist the ones you don't like. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. And I had a similar situation with my dad as well. It's that whole generation which is not taught to feel. They were taught right. to push things away. And, and that pushing down of feelings is what ultimately keeps them stuck. So the big shift for me was recognizing that there was the feeling, the, the physical sensation that appears somewhere in the body due to some event. Right. And then my reaction to the feeling. Yeah. And the reaction to the feeling, if it's pleasant, clinging to it. And if it's unpleasant, pushing it away. That was the bigger part, much, much bigger part of my overall experience. Yeah. And learning to come out of the reactivity, the clinging or the resisting to it, really leveled me you know, off to, to, to be able to stay in a calm place, keep observing situations as they unfold and allow those feelings, that's the most important piece, allow the feeling to arise. Yeah. And then since you're no longer reacting to it, it naturally passes. Yeah. So that's what our feelings do. They arise and pass, they come and go. That's what yeah. our thoughts do. They arise and pass, they come and go. And so we start to develop this clean flow where things just move through us. Life works through us and yeah. we become uh, you know, an expression of life. It's right. really great. But one thing you teach and, and is very important that we need to pause before we react. It's the reaction to the thought or the feeling that can get us in potential trouble if we don't pause and be present and aware and really before we act. Yeah. So the pause is really, you know, it's a, at some point you just let things flow, but the pause is a, is a way, it's a little trick that you can, I call it the three second rule, I think, um, where you just, before anybody, when says, before you respond to a situation, especially if you're like, triggered, especially if you're feeling <laughs> triggered, noticing that you're triggered, right? right. Noticing though there. Is, the, is the key, right? Yes. That you already means you're no longer identified with it. You're, you're noticing it. Uh, it's this instant reactivity that really gets to us and drains us and, and where we just then have to ride out the situation. But if we're able to just notice, oh, I'm feeling triggered right here yeah. and, and it's there in and, and my body and just staying connected to the body, that interrupts the reactivity loop. 
and yes. that's how we come out of it. Well, and, and I think that's one of the beautiful things that meditation allows us to get better at. You know, because of the meditation practice, now we're not triggered as quickly and we can slowly, you know, react and respond with a with a, a tailored response or one that's appropriate, right? Exactly. It's, it's no longer uh, reacting. Well, it's so not much, coming it's from no the subconscious. Feeling. It's coming from the conscious, which is a lot kinder than the subconscious when it gets triggered. Because subconscious, yes. subconscious doesn't even bother to think. It just reacts. Okay. Boom. Yep. And it's elevating next, all of that to the more you know conscious level. Exactly. Next thing you know, there's just a fist in your face. Um, <laughs> so this is a good one. Feeling your feelings and reacting to your feelings. Well, kind of what we just talked about are two different things. So yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. And um, it's going to the gym and developing the awareness muscle so that you can notice when you feel triggered. Uh, you can notice when you're lost in thought sooner. It's not an on and off switch. You're not going to come out of unconsciousness from one day to the next, but you can come out of thought sooner. You can notice that you're feeling triggered uh, better and, and be able to, to keep a balanced mind so that you can act calmly and, and, and take the right course of action. Yep, exactly. So you say your journey of self-realization is a journey of self-healing. What do you mean by that? Mm. Well, ultimately, life is about, you ask about the purpose of life, right? right? Initially, it's about getting to know ourselves. It's just know yourself, know yourself as well as you possibly can. There's so many layers to be uncovered. And so everything we, we interact with with the world is a reflection of who we are at that moment in time. When we feel triggered, it's, it's something about us. When we feel joy, it's something about us. The way we experience every situation is something about us. So always kind of reflect on this is me I'm experiencing. This is some. This is a mirror to me. And so, getting to know ourselves then ultimately is what leads to opening up and just being you, which is the title of the book. Yes. And what role, and how do you go about it? The self-love play in this. Mm. Well, the way to release those stuck feelings. So uh, there's so much stuck in us from decades, right? By the time we really. <laughs> get interested in, in meditation and mindfulness and there's a lot of stuckness in us so it's really when you notice um, that you're feeling triggered when something comes up for you it's giving that feeling love space uh, familiarizing yourself with it some people even say give it a name and give it a hug and, mm -hmm. and so no longer resist it if it's unpleasant and also don't cling to it if it's pleasant right yeah. and so we want to be experiencing experiencing to be the observer of all of our experiences our thoughts and feelings that's our tr that's living from our true essence yeah let's talk a little bit about the shadow side our shadow personality the shadow side of us um i look at it this way you know there's that tale of two wolves that live inside of us one is good one is bad which one survives the one you feed right but many times in my life i feed them both okay and and i know my shadow side and i know what's over there and every once in a while i want to go over there and visit and play around but i'm doing it with consciousness and awareness because we are in this world of duality and you can't have light without darkness right so so i accept that part of me but the more i accept it and the more i shine light on it the less I want to go over there and mess around. How would you describe that? Mm. Well, the the bringing the light to into your unconscious parts, um, it uh, it kind of it, it it takes care of it, right? It yeah. no longer has power. Uh, rules you, yeah. right? That's the power. It doesn't yeah. dictate your your interactions with, with people with life. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's what this work is all about. Yeah. At this time, this where you and I might disagree a little bit, but but I want to know your full explanation here. Um, at this time, you've been blaming life for being difficult, wishing it was easy, when, in reality, life is easy, but you've been making it difficult. I would come back to you and say, one of my favorite books of all time is The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck, and the opening line is, life is difficult. And frankly, <laughs> I, I, I can relate to that much more, you know, because children get cancer, people get in car accidents aren't their fault, they get hit by drunk drivings, so at times life can be difficult, you know, and so... Let's explain what you're trying to say here. Yeah, I think it's just a reframe. When you when you start to realize that these are lessons yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> to push us deeper, to force us to come out of our comfort zones, to force us to heal ultimately. I mean, there's people incarcerated innocently you know, right, for right, life, and, right. and and they find you know uh, their their inner light in those situations. So it's all designed for us to really come to to the full light of, of our beingness and, and have our essence emerge so even these tough situations uh, the, every moment of every life 
is worth you know everything there is and uh, nothing deserves to be degraded or judged as as uh, you know suffering yeah the experience of it is suffering but ultimately it's a gift well as tough as that is. there you go it's again in the overcoming and in the uh, transcending you know i remember the movie the hurricane and the guy was wrongly convicted spent 17 years in prison wrongly convicted and came out this spiritual giant because that's where he found himself in that cell by himself he was able to go within and realize that everything we need for joy and happiness and compassion and love is already within it's interesting because we have these two eyes are always looking out we're never content until we take the time to sit still and quiet bring the energy out of the body line up the mind go within and feel how powerful we are it's mm, exactly it and in, in a way you know going to sit in a room by yourself is the <laughs> ultimate <laughs> exactly <laughs> setting right and the ultimate thing is to surrender which you would think would be the easiest thing so why don't we let's talk about the ego what's going on up there hmm. well i don't actually think there is an ego um it's i think that it's too easily thought of something inside of you that you're then in resistance to and you kind of judge it for for doing you know wrecking uh, havoc on your life and and so i think of it more as the uh you know identification with thoughts um is what kind of creates all the problems it's the not having a gap between thoughts coming along or feelings coming along and, and you just kind of believing it all and giving your attention to it all so we're still in our bodies we still have limited energy it's what we give our attention to that is that's our gold and so whatever comes along be very um, conscious of what you give your attention to because that becomes your reality so if i replace the word ego with story would that resonate a little more with you because oh, what yeah. I find is we get sucked into the story that, that created that half of it's probably not even true. We believe it, and then we fight like hell to defend it, and it doesn't serve us at all. It's just it's just chatter, unrelenting chatter that won't stop, right? That's right. That's exactly. It. There's there's the the present moment is so simple. Yeah. Uh, anxiety is you know lives in the future, and guilt and regret lives in the past, and all of these stories that we build around those things where we can't let go of something. It's about situations that no longer exist. Yeah. So when you really narrow it down to just being here and and, and responding to what is, then there's very little room for any of that. Uh, yeah. There is fear. There is danger. If it's real, if you're staring a tiger in the eye, that's real danger. But other than that, there's there's very little to be afraid of. It's it's yeah. it's in fact it's the other way around it's you should be open to looking for what is unfolding next yes and the longer i live and the more i question things i realize that most of the stuff that i've been taught isn't really actual and that i have to i have to question every belief system that i have and then find the truth you know so we spend a lot of time looking for the truth the truth that serves our heart and our soul that is timeless truth that is real truth right because there's a lot of bs and propaganda that we got to filter our way through yeah um and, and that's really the beautiful part i think our own personal truth it doesn't clash with the truth of others right it's we're, we're in it it's not based on comparison or validation or right. judging it's just we know it and we want others to have their own truth as well and so everyone suddenly has their own truth there's there's no more friction yeah you know are you a parent uh, just to myself. Okay, so so I'm a I'm a parent of four kids, and, and, and that's a job. Okay, raising raising children is a, a really because because no one raised me properly. So how do I know how to raise these kids? And there was no owner's manual that came out of the womb. So, but what I learned one day when I was struggling with one of my kids, I started thinking, well, wait a minute, did I care at all what my parents thought? Did I care at all about my parents really? Okay, so then I realized on my own soul, on my own journey. I need to allow them to be their own soul on their own journey. And then I take it a step further. I need you to be your own soul on your own journey. And, and where we resonate, we resonate. And where we don't, we don't. But that's okay. In fact, that's perfection. Letting you be you and me be me, that is perfection. That is perfection. And if you can recall as kids, the things that influence us most about our parents is is how they carried themselves. It's right. how they responded to situations, uh, conflict or, or uh, you know, opportunity. It's not what they told us right. or what they said we should do. It's, right. it's how what we observed in them. Well, because we're we're in a we're in theta brainwave for up till age eight, so we're in a self hypnotic trance. We're just absorbing. That's how we learn because we don't have a conscious thinking mind. You know, we're just observers. Mm -hmm. Okay, self realization. You can't be yourself if you don't know yourself. So I'm, I'm listening to this interview right now. Okay, what's he mean and how do I get to know myself? Mm. 
Well, everything resonates or it doesn't resonate. And what exactly is that resonance? Well, it's your blueprint. It's something inside of you that's unique to you that resonates with a situation or it doesn't resonate. And that's your inner guidance, your yeah. higher self, your inner divinity, your gut, your instinct, your heart space, whatever you call it, God. And, and so that's coming through you and it's telling you who you are. But you have to engage with the world. Some people are you know, meant to just sit there and, and meditate uh, on a mountain, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but most of us are here to engage with situations and then see if it resonates. Yeah. And that's the best way to move forward. It's not to sit on the sofa and just think and think and think. That's how we you know, talk ourselves out of the doing. Um, but it's to engage, lean into a situation. Some people need to lean in a little more, some yeah. a little less, uh, until it, they really feel what's, what's right for them and what isn't. Yeah. So um, I'm going to bring this quote from your book. But before I do, um, it reminds me of a beautiful soul that I don't know if you're familiar with by the name of Byron Katie. Of course. Okay. So I actually, you're in Santa Monica right now. In 2011, I did her two-week uh, school of the work right there in Santa Monica. It forever changed my life. And so this quote reminds me of her. You say, you're always you, doing the best you can. There is no other way. Hmm. Yeah, so we, we judge ourselves so easily and we think back, I should have done this, I should have done that. And again, that's just kind of the mind in hindsight wanting to, to assert itself. But ultimately, we're always doing the best we can. Right. When we see others and, and their actions and, and reactions, they're also doing the best right. they can. If they could do better, they would. Right. And <laughs> so, so it's all good. With that said, why do a lot of us beat the hell out of us when we do something that we judge as wrong. I mean, that therein lies a lot of the problem right there of suffering and misery. You know, and, and what Katie teaches, you know, the, the worst crime you can ever be convicted of is believing a thought that's not true. That's the worst thing you can ever do. And what we do it all day long until we don't, until we wake up, realize self-realization, and then we quit doing it, then we find freedom. Yeah, and it's amazing how, like, if you use a, a work worksheet, uh, yeah. or even just for six questions, how easily we can highlight how our thoughts are not real. Yeah. So for you guys, what he's referring to, and you can go to thework.com and you can print a judge your neighbor worksheet. You can get to a one sentence, then there's four questions, three turnarounds, and you can solve any emotional problem you want or any mental problem by doing that work and it's free and it's profound. So thank you for that. Um, what else you want to talk about? Because we only got a few minutes left. Anything? How about, oh. how about what if somebody wants to follow you, get to know you? I know you do retreats, your book, blah, 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 blah all that stuff. What's on your heart mm -hmm. and soul? Yeah, so there's my book. It's, it's on Amazon. It's also available as a self-narrated audiobook. A lot of people requested that. So um, that's out there on Audible. And yeah, I do uh, private mentoring, coaches, online courses. Uh, I do a free weekly Zoom where I talk about mindfulness principles and how to integrate it into your life. And we do a, a guided meditation. And then the retreats are really where the rubber meets the road, where you really, for, for seven days, spend time with, uh, with me in uh, both the, the being quality of things, uh, the mornings are dedicated to nurturing uh, mindfulness and stillness and, and noble silence. And then the, the rest of the day is dedicated to local activities, depending on where we are. I just did one in, in Greece. Um, and so we went olive oil tasting and nice. uh, on a yacht cruise and, and really reminding ourselves as we we're experiencing the local culture and cooking classes and so forth that, that to stay present with those things and really live life to the fullest. I'm curious, Chris, because I'm building a retreat center. Um, how much in that week is, is curriculum where you're teaching or stuff like that? Mm. Well, the mornings, uh, there's a gong at six in the morning. It wakes you up. It's pretty tight. There's no time for anyone to get lost, right. just wander off. Right. Right? Right. Right. Uh, right. My background is in Vipassana, so it's, uh, it's, it's a much more regimented uh, approach to meditation. And, and this is that just in a light form where um, we do some meditations, conscious movement, uh, breath work, yoga, and uh, we have breakfast in noble silence. And at 11 o'clock, we go into the day. Yeah. In the evening, we come back to uh, uh, like a fireside chat. And, okay. So, you, uh, so in the fireside chat, you're teaching from your book, teaching from mm -hmm. other sources that you have. You're the primary yes. educator of the week. Yeah, long. that's right. Uh -huh. We bring in facilitators and different experts with different workshops and so forth, but I'm the primary, yeah. And do you have one coming up in the near future? Yes, there's one at the end of October in Bali, oh. uh, which is where I'm based. So uh, there's still a few spots left. Anyone interested, you can visit my website, sirak.com. So that's C-I-R-A-K.com. Or find me on social media everywhere at Chris Sirak. 
Wow, perfect, man. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking your time today to share your powerful truths with our audience. And it's been a blessing to me. I hope it's been a blessing to you guys. Uh, so let's stay in touch. It was a pleasure to meet you, and I really enjoyed it. And for you guys out there, if, if you've got something out of this, if you heard one little nugget and you know something in your life that will benefit, please share it and please subscribe, thumbs up, all that kind of stuff. Uh, most importantly, we'll be right back with the Mountains of Hope segment and the Mike Murphy Power of Your Voice segment. Hey, guys, I hope you love that interview with Chris Sorak as much as I did. What a powerful guy. I encourage you to read his book. I know nobody reads books anymore, but uh, maybe it's on Audible. But if you have time, sit down, read the book. You know, we're going too fast, and we need to slow down and start going back to reading good quality material, feeding the mind, feeding the heart, feeding the soul, and life will get much easier and better for us. And I'm talking to myself, by the way. I want to close the show today. I wanted to talk about Mountains of Hope, this amazing... Um, healing retreat center that we're building here in Medellin, Colombia. It's going to be open uh, in October and so many people are suffering and so many people need this and it's so affordable. Um, and that's our purpose. Our purpose is to put something out there where people can learn to heal themselves. And number one important thing to healing in today's world, the world has gotten so toxic for a lot of reasons, but the biggest reason is because of corporate greed. And then instead, instead of Farmer John, you know, taking care of his cows and taking care of his pigs and planting the soil, all you have is these big multi-corporations, global corporations that don't care about you and me, don't care about our health, don't care about our well-being. And the food is super toxic, especially in America. You know, I'm down, we're down here in Colombia. Uh, on Mountains of Hope, on our property, we, we grow 50 different fruits and vegetables, mostly vegetables. When you see the soil, you'll be shocked at how rich it is. It's black, it's rich, it's full of minerals and it hasn't been spoiled. It's never even been planted on before. And so when you get these vegetables here and we make you this juice or we serve you vegetables, it's like nothing you've had probably because they don't have that in America. It's rich and nutritious and good for you. Um, but more importantly, people are obese, overweight, suffering, so many are on antidepressant meds, diabetic medication, heart medication, going through cancer treatment. And honestly, I believe that with the right environment, I, I believe that the environment caused all that or the majority of that. And with the right environment, you can learn to heal yourself. So I just want to tell you, because here's my concern. We're going to have way, way too many people applying. You know, we can only take 18 people per retreat. We only do 17 retreats a year. And so it's going to be very, very limited. So I want to invite you to go to our website, moundshope.com. And if you have a situation or an issue, give us your name and, and your email. Because we're going to, when we start taking deposits and planning the retreats and selling the retreats, we're going to go from people with, that applied first, and then we're going to look for the biggest needs. And by the way, for every retreat we do, um, we reserve one spot for a scholarship for someone that doesn't have enough money can't afford it, it's below the poverty line, but has a big need, or perhaps a returning military person from uh, Iraq or Afghanistan. These poor guys, no one's taking care of them. 25 a day commit suicide. Their body's been ruined, their mind's been ruined, their heart's been ruined, their soul's been ruined. And we're hoping to at least bring them down here as much as we can and teach them how to heal themselves. So what do we do? The first week is what we call a solid food vacation or juice feasting and we make the most delicious juice. And that's what you drink for the first week or so. Now, if you need food, we're gonna feed you. I mean, we're gonna feed you incredibly good tasting food, but we prefer that if you can do that juice feasting for the first week. First couple days, I will tell you, is gonna be perhaps a little difficult, but you're getting nut nutrition. And we're also gonna give you IVs and vitamins and minerals and, and ozone therapy, give you a lot of oxygen in the blood. So, so I don't think you're gonna get hungry. I don't get hungry when I do it. But if you do, we're gonna get, if, if, if it's really important, we'll give you some food. But if you can do this, by day three, your energy is gonna shoot through the roof. So we have a lot of fun activities because we know this is gonna be difficult. So we, you know, we have a swimming pool, we got a jacuzzi, we got a cold water plunge, we got a gymnasium, a couple pickleball courts, we got a TrackMan golf simulator so you can play in almost any course in the world. We got a real putting green, sand trap, bunker. So that's our fun activity because we're gonna put you through the ringer as far as getting this toxicity. And a lot of people have a lot of toxicity. And when that toxicity starts to move, it, it takes a while. But we put you on a 30 day, 39 day program where we push the toxicity 
and get it moving and then we pull it out of the body. So of course, you're only here for two weeks, so we give you enough product to go home and continue this. Because what we want is lasting results. We want transformation that lasts. Other things we do are coffee enemas, we do infrared saunas, massage, a lot of education on what's really going on in your body. You know, I've learned that almost everything that I've been taught was wrong. And I had to relearn so many things, especially, you know, listen, what's more important than what you put in your body? Seriously, what you eat, drink, and think can determine your health. And unfortunately, a medical doctor in America goes to medical school for three or four years, they get three hours of nutrition. It makes absolutely no sense to me. And we have a doc, this is doctor supervised as well. So, you know, we're, there's gonna be someone paying attention and we check your vitals every day. There's someone there that you can consult with. Uh, so if there's any issue, but we have functional medicine doctors. They're not, they're not here to treat you, they can, but, but the, the, the part of the retreat is only, they're only here to consult. But a functional doctor is always looking for the cause. So if there's something going on in your li life and, and there's a cause, let's find the cause. You know, we'll, we'll at least give you some ideas. Of how, you have to be your own detective. So we'll give you some ideas how you can go and find the cause of what's causing this while we're doing all this. The exciting part for the thing, we anchor this first week with a sweat lodge ceremony, which is spiritual, mystical, magical, beautiful prayers, beautiful music, and you're going to come out of there a new person. And we also have a day where we do nothing but an open your heart ceremony. You know, what happens is we get hurt and we start closing our heart and contracting our heart. And then we start living up here in the insane asylum, the critic, the judge, the committee of psychopaths, as I say. And then when we move here and we live from our heart, our soul, our essence, then we can use a supercomputer to go out and manifest the life of our dreams. So we're gonna teach you a lot of that, but we're gonna really work. And our staff is the kindest, most loving people. And their whole mandate is to love you to health. Love you to love you enough for you to learn how to go within and heal yourself. I'm super excited about week two because now we move into consciousness and meditation and how, how things really work, how to really manifest what you truly desire. Because now you got the energy. You know, a lot of us get stuck with no energy and we can't grow mentally, emotionally, physically. And we'll get in there and I love the work of Byron Katie. We'll, we'll use the judge your neighbor worksheet and the four questions and the turnaround to really go inside and, and, and heal this beautiful heart of yours and open it and, and not be afraid of it anymore. And I know we've all been hurt. You've been hurt, I've been hurt, everybody's been hurt, but we're not victims. We're powerful creators. And so we're gonna really show you how to go about this. And of course, you know, we all have limiting beliefs and these neural pathways, you know, and they get, you know, neurons that fire together, wire together. And we gotta unwire some and then install new ones. So we'll do a lot of work around that kind of stuff. Um, and let me just tell you something. We're 7,000, we're three hour flight from Miami airport. We're 15 minute drive from Medellin airport. We pick you up, it's safe like you can't believe. We take you to this beautiful 20 acre piece of property that we have. Um, we have a uh, spa and wellness center. We have a conference center where we do our teachings. We have a Tim Skull. And it's, we've remodeled everything. It's a, the, the, the property is only 18 years old when I bought it. We've remodeled, it's now, I don't know how four stars, five stars, I don't know how any of that works. But it's first class, beautiful. It's something I'm proud to own. And it would be something I'd be happy and lucky and blessed to stay in. I'm only sharing this with you because already the word's getting out. Already people want to sign up to come. And we, we don't, we're, we can't take that right now because we don't know 100% when our first retreat will be, though we're pretty sure it'll be in October. So I'm only saying, hey, if you know someone that needs it, is suffering, and wants to heal, perhaps you, perhaps a loved one, go to mountainsofhope.com, give us your name and email, and we're going to go down the list in the order that people reached out to us. So until next time, go out there, live your life with passion, and manifest the life of your dreams. Thank you for listening to The Power of Your Voice with Mike Murphy. This podcast is brought to you by Mike Murphy Unfiltered, The Creation Frequency, Mountains of Hope, and The Love from Margo Foundation. These sponsors are dedicated to helping you unleash your full potential and live a life of joy and abundance. If you enjoyed this episode, please visit our website at mikemurphyunfiltered.com and subscribe to our podcast.